Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Mike, what's going on, buddy? So what, what is, uh, what's new and exciting? You, you mentioned this email that you sent that got the best response of, of any email you've ever sent. Uh, tell me about that. Sure. Well, here's what happened. Just to frame this, I was away for a week with my son, who's 15 years old as of right now. And we went on a father-son trip together. We went out to Utah to fly fish, horseback ride, ski, and we stayed at Robert Redford's Sundance Hotel Ranch getaway. And in fact, we even saw Robert Redford when we went out for dinner together. And it isn't a fancy, crazy place, but it's where the legendary Sundance Film Festival takes place. And Robert, so, was it at the restaurant you were at? He was there. I, it was so crazy. We walked in and there he is. He's talking now. He's with family. It was not appropriate for me to interrupt and ask for yeah. a picture or a selfie. Sure. Although I did take a away from the table little shot. The but, pretending um, it's not your, a good your text messaging. You barely see him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. It was like, oh, I got to be able to tell this story at least. Yeah, yeah. But it was a wonderful time. And then after that, I went and visited my parents who are aging now and suffering from early stage Alzheimer's. And it's like, how is this going to tie together with the story? Well, here's the basic deal. I sent out this email. I was very touched emotionally, spiritually, and physically from this trip because, you know, spending those precious moments, anyone who has children knows how precious these moments are. And as you watch your child, you know, it seems like yesterday they're, they're babies and then suddenly he's 15, he's six foot three now. He's got a mind of his own and his own opinions and what he wants to do with his life. Yeah. And then on the other spectrum, I'm watching my parents as they fade. And it's extremely emotional as they are. Now I'm taking care of them. And the whole conversation mm -hmm. is, what are we going to do to maintain the highest quality of life? So I was writing an email to my entire list and I titled it The Cats in the Cradle. And anyone who knows that song by Harry Chapin knows it's basically about a man who he had a little boy and the whole life is his son saying, Can, let's play daddy. Let's play football. Let's play. Mm. Let's play. And he's always, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. And finally, uh, at the end of the song, here he is. He's an old man. He asks his son if he can spend some time together. And he says, uh, sorry, dad, I don't have time. The kids, mm. you know, the, the wife's a wreck. The kids have the flu. I'm really, really busy. And it, it's been nice talking to you, but then it fades. And, you can wake up one day and your whole life can go by and you'll be like, what happened? Or you can decide to make time for the things and the people that matter most and realize that all these little pursuits don't really matter. So what matters most and who matters most is a huge part of where I spend my conscious time now and what I invest in, whether it's business and the things that I value now are considerably different now than they were a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, a decade ago, or 25 years ago. So it's been a, a really intense spiritual business and personal journey over the past couple weeks in particular. So I'm, I'm, it's fun to be talking to you, Hal, because you've been on an amazing journey. Your audience has been on an amazing journey with you. And I think 
to a degree, you and I have been on a, on a journey together over the past couple of years that we've gotten to know each other. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and for anybody listening, you know, this is Mike Koenigs, and he is a, a recent stage 3A collect- colorectal... <laughs> How do you say that? Colorectal cancer survivor. Colorectal yeah. cancer, right? That's a word I don't use every day in my uh, language. But you know, he's a cancer survivor and uh, not, uh, a cancer survivor who reached out to me when I was diagnosed with cancer and jumped on a phone and basically said, uh, as a survivor, and you know, he's a survivor five years of uh, in remission, he said that as a survivor, I've you know I, I feel that it's my duty and responsibility to help other people that are going through cancer in any way that I can. And so, Mike, you were there for me a ton, you know, and uh, and a big support. And it's funny, my dad references you all the time whenever he's like, well, remember Mike said, <laughs> remember yeah. what Mike said? I'm like, okay, dad, if Mike said, you're right. It's, it's law. To that guy, it's he knows law. what he's talking about. And, you know, and oh, it's funny. I, I first not even met you because we didn't meet, but I first saw you, um, I mean, online, you know, from afar watching you as a very successful in- individual who had interviewed the likes of, you know, Tony Robbins. And what are, who are, who are some of the people that you've interviewed over the years? You've interviewed some really, really prominent names. Sure. Well, some of the fun ones that I've had in my life would be like uh, Richard Dreyfus, the actor, Academy Award winning actor. I have a fun nice. story how I met him on a plane. One that that people will find controversial would be like Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street. He's a guy I've known for a long time. Of course, Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, Jack Canfield. Let's see, Bill Town, another another multiple best-selling author and you know good friend of mine. Of course, is JJ Virgin and Dave Asprey yeah. from Bulletproof Coffee. But holy cow, I, I'd have to look at my. I have a wall of fame that I, I have a lot of photos. You left out Hal Elrod. I know you interviewed Hal Elrod before. Hal Elrod, that yeah. guy's a freaking rock star. <laughs> if you could even get him on the phone, yeah, it's so hard true. to reach these days. That's true. But, uh, but yeah, it's been um, it's been a whirlwind. It's really been uh, exciting. Uh, oh, I know. Um, let's see. Paula Abdul is a fascinating character. I've had a good oh, wow. chance to work with her and coach and consult with her as well. Yeah, and so, for, yeah. Our, for our listeners too, if you don't know who Mike is, you know he is a 13-time number one best-selling author, uh, speaker, interactive online personality, entertainer. Uh, he has 54,000 customers in 121 countries, and you know, Mike, you're kind of a vet in the internet space. You know, you've been doing this a long time. Like I said, the first time I saw you, it was, it was actually at an event. You were hosting one of your promote and profit events, which I'm sure we'll probably get to that because I'm speaking at your promote and profit event here in uh, next month in May. But, uh, but but I was attending. I mean, this was five years ago when I was just starting my you know journey. I was writing the, the Miracle Morning and all of that, and learning from everybody out there, the best people in the industry that I could. And you were you know you were and are one of those individuals that uh, that I was you know attending your event and and, and modeling and, and learning from. So thank you, brother. Thank you for uh, teaching me early on uh, how to do this the right way. It's always a pleasure, man. It really is, and uh, I think I feel a res- deep responsibility. You know, after you spend some time in business, you have a responsibility to the younger folks who are coming along because you can imagine that you're high and holy and things are going to stay that way. But like anything in life, you go through these cycles where there's up times, there's down times. And the people you make time for on your way up are the ones who are going to give you that extra boost when you're on your way down or when you're going through the the ebb and the flow and the cycles. And you know, there's one big lesson that I, I've, I live by is don't get cocky. Don't start believing your own stuff because that's when you wake up one day, you're like, holy cow, the stuff I was preaching isn't working. I got comfortable. I got lazy. I got complacent. 
or I quit focusing on the thing that matters most, which is constant and total reinvention and uh, keeping an eye on, on what the trends are in the cycles and always remembering that if you aren't hungry every single day, someone hungrier than you is going to show up and fill any gaps. And that old saying that uh, nature abhors a vacuum, you know, something will fill a hole that you leave if you're not fulfilling it. Yeah. So stay hungry and stay humble, right? And as they say, the same people you meet on the way up are the same people you meet on the way down. So hopefully you treat everybody with kindness on the way up so that they're there to extend their hand, extend the olive branch, right? If you are going down and keep you from falling too far. Beautiful, man. Well, let's, uh, you know, this is the Achieve Your Goals podcast, and I try to target uh, all of our content and our interviews around helping our listeners to achieve their goals. And it's, you know, the uni- one universal thing that any achiever has in common is we've got goals that we're trying, they're working towards. And you're somebody that's achieved really extraordinary goals uh, across the board and personally and professionally. I, uh, you know, one of the things you had mentioned, I don't know, probably a year or so ago is that you and your son, who is 15, 6'3", you said he's taller than you, he towers over you, but you guys are still super close. You still hold hands when you walk and you sent me a, a couple of pictures of you guys holding hands. And I showed that to my son who's five and he's already, you know, sometimes not wanting to hold dad's hand. I'm like, son, I'm like, this is my, this is my dream for us. Look at this is my friend, Mike, his son's 15. They still hold hands, buddy. We can hold hands. And, you know, so, um, I, in fact, last night was one of the sweetest things. I was, uh, getting ready for bed and he, uh, he, he was as well. And I had already given him a hug at night. And my son Halston comes in and he goes, he goes, dad, he said, I want to say goodnight to you one more time. I was like, Oh, thanks, buddy. And he gave me a hug. He said, I want to give you a kiss. And he gave me a kiss on the lips, which a lot of times he doesn't. He turns away or, you know, says, your beard, your, your beard is scratching me. And anyway, it was just he, the, the fact that he came out of his way to give me a kiss last night just melted my heart. It was, it was the greatest thing. So you've been an inspiration. In, Those uh, are sweet, precious moments. They're sweet, precious moments. That's for sure. Absolutely, man. Well, let's, so let's start with the, there's a story that I've never heard, but you've, you've like teased me with. And it's, it's your, I don't know, I'll call it your million dollar story. It's, you can set it up at a time you made your first million or your second million or your third. I, I don't exactly know, but let's, uh, I'd love to share it with, I'd love to hear it myself and I'd love to share it with our listeners. Sure. Well, here's the setup growing up. And after just being home, this is very near and dear to me because I was just at home and my parents still live in the same home I grew up in, which is, you know, 50 some years later. And my dad grew up very poor on a little farm in Iowa. My mother is the daughter of basically a philandering alcoholic and a crazy person. So she did not have security growing up. My dad had very, very little growing up. And I mean, they literally got running water when, when he was uh, still, you know, growing up and then they didn't, they, you know, they, they, they had outhouses, you know, this is, and this is, you know, dad's 81 right now. So this isn't that long ago. And um, as a barber and with four kids, there wasn't a lot to go around. So I got used to, a saying around the house, which was, we can't afford it. And because my dad, I was the oldest of four kids, we were late and last for just about everything. Dad worked four jobs at any given time. Not only was he the barber, he was a building inspector, the city clerk, and he's also a very talented musician and vocalist. So he always donated his time to events and organizations to sing and entertain. So the great news is he was very well loved and very well liked, but he wasn't around that much. And he was out there hustling and making money to feed the family. So in addition to we can't afford it, the other thing that happened is we were late and last for almost everything. So when we showed up somewhere, not only were we late and last, if there was like a potluck dinner, or some sort of a dinner going on, it was often we were getting the, the, the scraps that were left behind. 
I can remember when someone asked me, what do you want when you grow up someday? I'd say, I want to be rich, warm, and first. And the part of this that I left out is I grew up in a very cold part of Minnesota. Hmm. And, you know, it's not uncommon for it to be 30 below zero for a month out of the year. I mean, cold, cold, painfully cold. Yeah. And I am not a fan of the cold. I never have been. That's why I live in San Diego now. There you go. So I wanted to be rich first and warm. And I started working full time when I was 16 years old. I started my first business when I was 14. I wasn't good at school. I wasn't good at anything growing up. Severe ADHD, the classic entrepreneurial story. And I taught myself how to program when I was about 14 years old. And I started computer consulting um, shortly after, and because my dad's a good talker, and there was someone in the bar chair, it'd be like an insurance salesman, he'd say, yeah, we just got one of them new computers, and uh, my secretary doesn't know how to use it. My dad would turn to him and say, well, you know what? My son likes computers. Why don't we give him a call and see if he can help you out here? And, you know, dad would get this guy on the phone. He'd say, you think you can help out uh, Ernest here with his uh, secretary at the uh, insurance place and, and teach his, and his secretary how to use a computer? And I'd go, yeah, I think I can do that having absolutely no idea how to do it or what to do. But the guy said, well, why don't you come down here? And it beat the heck out of flipping burgers or working some menial job. And within a couple months, not only did I have one client, one one insurance salesman would talk to another one. He'd say, well, why don't you come over and teach mine how to do the same thing? And pretty hmm. soon it, it snowballed. So if you fast forward a few years, um, not only did I teach myself how to code and consult and, and um, work with business owners, I had started an interactive advertising agency, which then when I sold that, and I didn't make big money or anything like in, like that. I wasn't a good business person, but I knew how to help people. That's really what happened. But fast forward, I ended up learning internet marketing and product creation. And we had reached a point where our business was starting to take off. We still weren't making a lot of money, but we were doing okay. And I noticed, and this is a company called Traffic Geyser at the time, which was one of the first marketing platforms where you could put your video inside this tool and press a button and it would distribute it online and you'd get traffic from Google and the other search engines. So started studying, paying attention to what my clients and customers were doing, and we put together an offer and we did a product launch and it made some okay money. And then I ended up meeting people like Frank Kern and Andy Jenkins and some of the uh, Jeff Walker and, and Eben Pagan, some of the earlier guys and became good friends with them. And we soon started working together and finally did a product launch. And what wound up happening next is I can remember I got a call from one of uh, from my bookkeeper at the time. He says, Mike, I got some good news for you. And I said, what's that? And he told me what the good news was. And I was like, oh, my God. So I picked up the phone. I called up my mom. And I said, and my mom says, honey, what, what is it? And I go, well, mom. And I actually started to cry. I mean, uncontrollable sobs where I was crying. And I said, you remember how I used to always say I want to make a million dollars someday? And she said, yeah, I do. And I said, well, mom, I just made a million dollars wow. in a month. And she goes, that's great, honey. She goes, you know what? Your dad's outside right now. He's uh, shoveling the, the driveway. Why don't you, I'll go get him and you can tell him the good news. Huh. So I could hear my mom kind of turn and she said, Bernie, Mike's got something that he wants to tell you. So my dad got on the phone. He goes, what is it, son? And I huh. told him, I said, dad, I made a million dollars. And he goes, that's great, son. He goes, well, 
you know, the grandkids are coming over in a little while and we're going to have lunch over here and we're really happy for you. And, and what is it exactly that you do again? <laughs> you know, my parents don't care about money. You know, I yeah. grew up thinking about it all the time, worried about scarcity. And I was always yeah. in this state of fear and I didn't understand just how valuable and important and incredible that I just had a good family with good parents who, and they, they didn't care about stuff. That's why they didn't focus on it. But me, you know, I was in this place a lot. I didn't get it. But either way, what wound up happening next was, you know, they, they went off. And I a lot of, and it was like, on, on one hand, I kind of felt weird because it's like, my parents don't get me. They don't understand really what I do. They know I do something with computers and kind of about marketing. But, you know, it just isn't, isn't their world. But the one thing I left out here is when I told my mom that I made a million dollars, I said, the best thing is I know how to do it again. I uh. figured out. She said, wow, that's, that's really great. We're really proud of you. So anyway, fast forward. It was four months later. We had put together a new product launch, new marketing program. What year was this, by the way? What year was this? That was in... The first one was in 2007. Okay. 2000, it was 2007 or 2008. And then in uh, uh, it was four months later. So that was in November. And if you fast forward to it, was either March or May. I can't remember exactly what it was. We had done what became one of the largest launches in internet internet marketing history. It was something called Main Street Marketing Machines. It was one of the first consulting businesses in a box, basically. And um, put together this launch. Again, a lot of help from a lot of great people. And um, we pushed the basically the start button on the launch, got it all promoting. We had all these people lined up to start promoting us and get this thing going. And um, what happened next is... We got in so many sales that in 44 minutes, I got a uh, call or a text actually from my bookkeeper. And he says, great news. And what came across my phone was amazing. So again, I picked up the phone, called up my mom and I said, hey, mom. And she says, what is it, honey? I says, remember how I called you up? I told you we had made a million dollars in uh well, it turned out it was a week at the time that, you know, the whole period took over, but it was over a period of a month. I said, well, I just got a text message. We just made a million dollars in 44 minutes. And my mom said, wow, honey, that's really great. She goes, it's a lot better than a week, isn't it? <laughs> I said, yes, it is. So remember I told you, we figured out how to do it. Well, I did it again. And while I, and so same thing, my mom uh, said, well, your dad's out in the garden. Let me go get him and you can tell him the good news. So my dad got on the phone. And he says, what is it, son? I told him, well, we made a million dollars in 44 minutes. And he goes, that's great. We're really proud of you. And um, grandkids are coming over for lunch in a little while. We're gonna we're gonna take care of them. But uh, anyway, we're talking a little bit of small talk, and I got another text message. Just like twenty some minutes later, it was an hour and fourteen minutes into the call, or a minute and fourteen seconds, or, rather. Or let's see, yeah, it was it was an hour and fourteen minutes after the launch happened. We'd hit two million dollars in sales, and that launch went on to generate nine million dollars. And it was amazing. It was a not only a record breaker. But it became a legend in our business for a long time. The whole idea that you know people at the time didn't think that internet marketing was a real business it was capable of generating real income and revenue. But uh, you know it was kind of like what Bitcoin is today. But it rocked the world and it changed my life. But it also set a bunch of other things in motion that uh, you know wouldn't show up for years later in my life as well. Which is just again, what do you value? Because during that time. I was so busy pursuing the money and the, the speaking and the fame and the fortune that went along with it. I wasn't present for my little boy and, uh, or my wife. 
you know? And so there were parts of my life that were falling apart or at least just, I wasn't paying attention to the minutes that go by. I wasn't living that cat's in the cradle consciously that I certainly feel I do now. So that's, that's the best way of summing this up and setting up the, the, the story is the great news is I figured out a formula and it was repeatable. I think uh, looking back, it's not that I have regrets, but I didn't see things through the lens that I do now and see the beauty and the love and understand, you know, what I had and what I had to lose until it started to fade. And that's, that's, uh, you know, that's that transitional time I've, I've been in lately where it's like I'm rethinking every part of where I spend my time and what matters most and who matters most. Yeah. Well, and that's the question that, you know, for me from my cancer journey was what, what matters most? I ask that every day. What matters most in life? What matters most in my business? What matters most in this conversation? What matters most to be the best dad, the best husband? Uh, you know, and it's, uh, I, I, I think that we're a cautionary tale for, uh, you know, we're not the only ones, but a cautionary tale for entrepreneurs out there that are, that are workaholics and that are putting the business before their rest, their rejuvenation, their health, their family. Because it seems to be that if you don't slow down and, and prioritize what matters most, life seems to throw cancer at you or, or some other, you know, whether it's a physical ailment or, or something to teach you the lesson. It's like, if you're not going to learn the lesson in a healthy, proactive way, life seems to force it on you. And so I, I, I feel like we have an opportunity to inspire other people, especially entrepreneurs or just anybody that, that to really to look at what matters most and then look at your schedule and make sure that you are living in alignment with what matters most. Because it's one thing to say, well, yeah, no family, of course. Yeah, no family, of course. But then when you look at your schedule, if it doesn't line up with, you know, well, it's like, well, your schedule doesn't reflect that priority. You know, it doesn't seem to be, uh, there's not truth there. So yeah, man. So uh, you, you helped to teach me that and I, I, I'm thankful for that. And, and thank you for teaching other people. I appreciate it. No, that's, that's very kind of you. And, and yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's, again, it's part of this journey and that in itself may not be incredibly profound. But what I can tell you is, uh, there have been times as a business owner when I didn't feel it was important to talk about this kind of thing transparently and openly. And I found that the more I do, the more intimate the connection becomes with my clients, my customers, the more likely they are to trust and follow me and want to be part of my world. And also they're willing to pay more money as well. So there's, um, there is something to the more heart you show, the more trust you create, the more connection you create. And that, like I said, that in itself not, might, might not be profound to a lot of people, but it's like, just don't be afraid to show that vulnerable side of yourself, especially in your business. Oh, I agree. And there are two, two people that I'll point to, uh, two, really two quotes that I'll point to that I think this is one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned in really in, in business, although it applies to life. But so Robin Sharma said, when you're vulnerable, people fall in love with you. And most of us are afraid to be vulnerable because we miss, you know, we misinterpret what, how other people we think they're going to respond, which is, oh, if I'm vulnerable, then I look weak. Or if I'm vulnerable, you know, I, I feel embarrassed. Or if I'm vulnerable, then uh, other people are going to, you know, they're not going to think that I'm worthy. Right. You know, so, uh, I think that that's our human nature is to look at, look through that lens. But when Robin Sharma said that, you know, when you're vulnerable people, they fall in love with you. And I translated that in my own little quote, which is give up being perfect for being authentic. And then the other one is Tim Sanders, the author of uh, Love is the Killer app and many other books. But that's one of my, that's, that's the one where he, he said what I'm about to share. He said, those of us who use love as a point of differentiation in business 
we'll separate ourselves from the competition. And I think that's one thing that you've done. And, you know, I read that book, gosh, 13 years ago. And, and I was like, wow, yeah, I, I'm going to come from a place of authenticity and love in everything that I do, is, including business, right? I'm just going to live my life the same in all facets, <laughs> right? And uh, I think that's something that you don't always see. You see people out there that are, you know, they're, they market themselves in one way to appear one way. And then behind closed doors, they're, you know, jerks or whatever, right? Um, and I really, I, I think that I, I resonate with that about you is that you're the same behind closed doors and you're the same, you're just as inappropriate and goofy uh, behind closed doors as you are on the internet. <laughs> Thank you for that. Ladies and gentlemen, he's going to be here all day. No, no, and that, I, I like that. I try to try to be um, a little bit squirrely and inappropriate just to keep things mixed up. And at the same time, I've been very sensitive to it lately because again, when you've got a 15 year old son, he is very conscious and very sensitive of what you say and how you say it. Just like, a, you know, any teenager would be. So out of respect to him, I uh, do my best to be brand representative as a father uh, in and around and with my, my boy too. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. That's a good point is but, that when you're like, I'm a sarcastic, you, you and I are both pretty kind of funny, sarcastic folks. And, but that works when you're with other people that are sarcastic and funny. And then I've learned the hard way. That that could really offend, or you know, or or send the wrong message, right, to people that are are not like that. So, what uh, what yeah. what are your, you know, I think that what we just talked about and that authenticity and that vulnerability, I think that's one of the most important lessons that people can take away. But I'd love for you to to share, you know, before we we conclude today, I'd love for you to share a few more. What are your what are your best strategies? Uh, and or strategies wrapped up with stories regarding goal achievement and then what it takes to, you know, to earn your first million dollars or somebody, you know, to be the best father or, or, or whatever, like kind of the most universal goal achieving strategies that you would, uh, that you found effective in your life and your business. Sure. Well, the biggest thing that, um, consistently worked. So I can give you a couple recent ones and also long term because I think that, you know, the more tactical, the better. I've been teaching a strategy now for a while that I think encapsulates very much who I am as a business person. And that really comes down to the, well, let me put it in practical, tactical terms. I have been doing a really fascinating campaign. In fact, you participated in it, Hal, with uh, the Promote and Profit, which is we did a, a free ticket offer. Yeah. And the basic idea was I reached out to speakers and people I knew and if you break this down, like one of the hardest things to do, as you know, is put butts in seats, yeah. fill up events. It's the most stressful thing I, I ever do in business. <laughs> it is. It's incredibly stressful. Yeah. It's incredibly risky. It's incredibly expensive. And keeping that machine going on an ongoing basis is, oh, it's just, it's incredibly challenging. And, and no one's going to give you a break. Hotels are going to get their dime out of you any way they can. They're going to squeeze you dry and they're going to find a lot of ways. And, and I, I can't say anything nice about dealing with hotels from an event perspective. Um, yep. And in fact, uh, the reason we moved into this new studio space we have is so we can actually do our own events without hotels. That's how animate I am about it. But you've got to find creative ways to put to fill up events because events are one of the most intimate ways you can start and conduct and create business as well because if you can spend a couple of days with good people not only do you create this sense of community but this trust as well and this movement 
So you can make and create a movement and you can serve people so much better. And also from a sales perspective, they're very, very efficient or they can be when they're properly run. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, what we did this time is I went out and as a gift to our speakers, we said, hey, well, you can give away a certain number of seats to people who you think are right fits. And this way, the email and the promotion doesn't feel salesy or schmoozy. And it's a gift. And what was crazy is it has been one of the most successful marketing campaigns in my professional career. That plus the referrals you get as a result, which is just like our people, whether it's me or someone on my team, will actually call up the people as they register and say, is there someone you know who can would be a right fit? And uh, who would also be a good uh, candidate to come to this event. And it's amazing how many referrals you get if you just ask. Yeah. And so it's so low tech. There's nothing fancy or breathtaking or breakthrough about that in itself. Except what I did a couple of years ago is I started paying attention to how I build my own relationships. How I connect with people. And how... I managed to get people comfortable with the idea of promoting me or my products and services and not necessarily even wanting anything as a result of that. In other words, doing it as a gift. And it evolved into one of my most recent books and also a strategy. I call it Money Phone. And the whole idea is anytime you connect with someone, what you do is you create a little tickler file, meaning you um, write down a list of all the people that you've connected with and what it is, what value you know you can provide to them and also how you feel you could engage them to help you grow your business. And what I do is I just create a list of those people periodically. And all you do is you just go through your phone. You'll go through all your past text messages, people that you may have connected with, you haven't in a while, and um, but you know there was something there. And you make a list, you prioritize it, and then all at once, you send each person a little text message, which is, hi, so-and-so name. Is there something you need from me today? It's open-ended, and it's purely a message designed to engage with someone. And again, it doesn't have to come from a place of, I want something from you. It needs to be a genuine, I want to support you and help you. But it's a way of just saying, hey, I'm here, and I'm thinking about you today. And it's so fascinating because that little tickle, if it's done to 10 or 20 people, you'd be amazed at how many opportunities you can create within about 10 or 15 minutes. Wow. And there's a big concern a lot of people have, especially if they're starting out with business, which is, oh man, I have to have a big list or I can't make any money. And that nothing could be further from the truth because getting 20 people's attention all at once and knowing they're actually there, which you can have with the text message, versus sending out an email to even 10,000 people you're lucky if you get a 5 to 10% open rate these days with most emails. You're lucky if you get a 10 to 20% click-through rate, which means a list of 10,000 can actually produce fewer results than an audience of 20 people with a carefully crafted mobile text message and an opportunity to just start you know, serving each other. And the whole point is I've, done, I've had more impact with my most recent events by just connecting with a few people and asking them how I can serve and then letting them know what I'm doing and seeing if they have any room to support or help. And uh, you get higher quality customers. So the focus that I give people right now is don't worry about volume. Worry about getting the right people who have more money, who are looking for more impact, 
and they will gladly pay you a lot more. It's fewer people for more money is the best business formula I've ever seen. And I'm focusing 90% of my energy on that myself in addition to teaching it. But bringing this all back around to this money phone strategy, what I wound up doing is I created like a mini documentary of exactly how I rustle up and wrangle business myself. I turned it into a manual and then I turned it into a book and I started giving it away. And it has become one of the best lead generators for me, but it's also one of the best social proof tools I have because I give that thing away and people start copying and pasting the scripts I give them. And boom, they're closing deals and I'm getting these great, great messages. Like I just closed a $10,000 deal and I just used money phone to do it. Or, um, you know, I closed a $25,000 deal and I've never closed anything that big before. You know, it's just like it created a little movement. So it's something I'm super proud of. And the whole point of this is don't be afraid to focus on fewer people, make it more personal and connect with value. And you've got to have a system to make that work. But that's that's basically the the little system that I developed. And it works like crazy hell. So huh. I don't know if that was useful to you or not, but um, great little tool. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that <clears throat> a couple of the lessons that I, that I draw from that is number one is adding value first, right? You know, you mentioned that like you're giving away the free tickets, you know, and I, and I know you, you mm-hmm. made that offer to me to give tickets to our Miracle Morning community. And we gave out, I don't know, at least a handful of, of, uh, of free tickets yeah. to the event, which is cool. So we'll see some of our members, uh, will, will be there, um, in May. And, uh, and so that's the first thing is to lead with value and, you know, for whether you're, you know, in, in internet marketing or any type of business, I think that often we have that scarcity mindset that you grew up with, right? Which is how can I, you know, I need to extract every possible penny from every penny. And, and, and it's, it's just this really like this fear of never being able to have enough. So you always are thinking of what, how can I get? How can I get? How can I get? And when you shift that and you, you kind of shift to an abundant mindset and you go, you know, how can I give? And knowing that when you give value first, you build loyalty with people, you build trust with people, and you you all of a sudden build credibility with people. They go, "Wow, your free thing was awesome." You know what else do you have? And then they go further with you. You know, and for me, when I, before I wrote Miracle Morning, when I first wrote the first two chapters, I had for the first couple chapters up online, and it was like people could download them for free. And people were. It was three years later that I finally wrote the book, but I had ten thousand people that had downloaded the two chapters. And now they were, they're like, we want the book, <laughs> you know, like we're like practicing the miracle morning, but we don't fully have it. So, you know, giving that value first. And, and then the second lesson that I got was, you know, f- with your money phone strategy, right? Which is like you said, less people and really quality connection over quantity of connection, you know? Yeah. Really, really great. So, so let's, uh, let's, let's wrap up with uh, just, uh, you know, uh, your event is coming up, promote and profit. I will be speaking there on, I believe I'm there. Am I there May 7th or May 9th? You know, May 9th, I think. On the 9th, on the I third day. Speaking on the 9th, on the third day. Um, uh, uh, take a minute to, uh, to tell our listeners if they're in, in San Diego or going to make a flight up to San Diego and they want to see me. And I saw you've got a bunch of killer speakers on the program. Hold on. Where was, where was it? JJ Virgin? Our girl JJ Virgin's going to yeah. be there. And uh, it's Ben Hardy, author of Willpower Doesn't Work, which I love his new book. He'll be there. And go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the, I'll do that. And then we might as well give everyone money phone. As long as I talked about it, I can give that away too. Everyone can have a copy of it for free because otherwise I don't want to leave that out there. So, so here's the, the quick pitch with, with promote and profit. 
What it really revolves around, I think the best way to sum this up is after working with now 54,000 customers in 121 different countries, there's one thing that when you understand this big concept, which you understand really, really well, your life changes forever, which is ultimately everyone's looking for a way to work less and make more and be valued for what they do. Or if they're going to work less, it means work with it not feeling like work. We all want to feel like we're making an impact without having to just be part of a grind. So the big idea is something we call platform. So one of the things we're doing, and this is actually new how I ended up really thinking about what would add the most value to this event. I created something I call the Platform Profit Playbook, which is a step-by-step, fill-in-the-blanks roadmap to help you figure out how to build what we call your platform, which you know a lot of people use books or they speak. But if you look at people like JJ Virgin or Dave Asprey or Tony Robbins or Tim Ferriss or Brendan Burchard, for example, they all have a really powerful platform. And there's just six steps to that. It's getting authority, boosting your influence, charging more, working less, building and growing an audience. But the sixth one is really learning how to give back. And you're great at that. It's, it's how do you create a connection with your audience through philanthropy and charitable giving? Hmm. So promote and profit is all about building your platform, focusing on those six steps. And one of the reasons you're there is to talk about how you've used books to do that. Dave's there talking about how he's used his authentic message to create brand. This is Dave Asprey. JJ's going to talk about how to create a hook. Ben Hardy's going to talk about, um, how he, writes articles on free platforms to generate lots of traffic. And and we've got other amazing, amazing speakers there too. And then from there, we're really going to show you how to do it yourself, how to build your platform so that you can ultimately work less, make more, and have a lot more impact in the world. So it's pretty easy to find details on that. But the net net is it's at youeverywherenow.com slash promote and profit. And anyone who followed your messages when, when we did the free ticket promo can find out some more information that way. So that's the first one. And then they want a copy of um, Money Phone, the book. You can just go to www.gomoneyphone.com. It's free. I give the book away just because I found that it's a great way to get introduced to folks. And the best gift I can give someone or get in return is someone saying, Hey, Mike, I used the strategy and I closed a $10,000 deal this week. Thanks for that. You know, and it's a, sure. it's a great way to, build trust and, and, and connection. Yeah. And it's win-win. It's like we talked about, you know, it's adding value first and then you build, you build loyalty, you build trust, you build a fan, you build credibility. And then uh, if that, if that works for the, if the free gift works and they get value from that and they go, well, shoot, I wonder if I went to his event, if the free stuff's this good, the event's got to be amazing. So cool, man. Well, for anybody listening, um, that is you everywhere now.com forward slash promote and profit. Is that right, Mike? That is correct. I got that right. That right. Youeverywherenow.com forward slash promote and profit. I will be there speaking on May 9th and before that on the 7th and the 8th in San Diego. Uh, you heard Dave Asprey of Bulletproof Coffee, JJ Virgin, uh, who else? Uh, Benjamin Hardy, who his new book, Willpower Can't, uh, Doesn't Work, is, is phenomenal. And he's the number one writer for media in the world on medium.com since 2015. And his, his, his articles, Ben's articles have been viewed over 50 million times. So, uh, yeah, these are people that you want to learn yeah. from. And, uh, and, oh, and Sean Stevenson, you're going to have Sean there. Sean, we've got Roland Frazier from, uh, War Room and, and Digital Marketer, Bedros Koulian's there. Ed, Ed Rush, uh, Dana Malstaff. Dana Malstaff, Ed Rush. Yep. Wow. Michael Burnoff, 
my wife is speaking, Vivian Glick, about nonprofits and charitable. Uh, I got Donna Fox from Webinar Jam Ever Webinar, John Benson, the copywriter, Pear Bristow, who is a vocal trainer and coach, and then Jesse Doback is a Facebook expert. He actually helped build um, Brendan Burchard's light campaigns to over 5 million people. So, uh, rock star speaker presenters, and they're going to, they're just there to add value. Great lineup, man. Um, it's really, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. It's where I really called in a lot of favors from really smart, good friends. And I said, can you come speak at this, add some value? And, uh, you know, I'm there for you when you, uh, when you want it to. And, and that's what we did. So if you had to pay any of these people to get them to either coach you or consult with you, they charge a lot of money. A lot of money. So you're getting them for, <laughs> I mean, it's such a, such a good deal. And, and the curriculum, what we put together in terms of the curriculum for this, I'm super proud of. I truly believe it'll be the best event I'll have ever produced. Cool. Well, thank you for inviting me to speak there, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, uh, it's, it's my pleasure. And thank you. Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners, you have been listening to my conversation with Mike Koenigs, good friend of mine, cancer survivor, and one of the founders of you know online internet marketing before it was a thing, before anybody else was doing it. He, he was one of the like the first, right, blazing the trail, and uh, and now he's blazing the trail, uh, still still doing that the business side. But but I really where I love Mike is is how you know he really as a dad, as a husband, as a human, really, that's where I feel like you shine, Mr. Koenig. So love you, brother. Love you too, man. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right, everybody. Take care. Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 